Welcome to your show or mine. I'm Becky Standle, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Jennifer King, Technology Librarian at the Longview Public Library. Yay. Welcome back to the podcast, Jennifer. Thank you. It's been a while since you've been on, right? It has. It was in, you know, another time. Yeah. And you had my, um, I have your job now. Yes, you do. Yes. You have a new job. I have a new job, yep. Tell us about your new job, Jennifer. I'm still trying to figure that out a little bit. It happened shortly before we closed. Um, I oversee the technical services department, so that's um, the department that gets the orders or gets the books ordered, catalogs, get them processed, ready for checking out. Um, I also take care of the website and some of our technology things like the, um, the software that uh, the library software basically that does everything that, you know, the library needs for checking out and making new library cards. That's just some of the things that I do. And you liaise with their vendor, like oh, yeah. overdrive. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so our different um, uh, vendors that we have, I also am kind of the middle person between the library and the city's IT department. Um, I do tech support, um, sometimes for staff, sometimes for patrons. When we were open, um, I did uh, one-on-one technology help. Um, you could book, you know, um, a librarian to come and help with your tablet or download ebooks, that kind of thing. So now we're still doing a lot of that, um, but now it's it's mostly through the Ask a Librarian form on the website, and phone calls. Yeah, and you're on our Facebook page. Yes, with help. Yeah. You do most of it. You know, like, yeah. I think we do collaborate more on, like, the Instagram page or whatever. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you run that one. I, you post I tend, Yeah. I have, I've got more of a, because Instagram is such a phone thing, and I don't have a lot mm-hmm. of, like, work things on my phone, and so it's easier on Facebook um, to just kind of do things from the computer. Did you see my picture I posted on Instagram? I did not. I've seen lots of notifications of people liking it, though. Yeah. So. Unicorn's back back at the Longview Library, and she's reading up about oh. suffrage. Oh, right. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. You made yeah. it happen. I made it happen at, like, 4.58. Good job. Yesterday. I was like, oh, it's time to go home. Better do these things I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, like the first, especially the first like month that we are closed, I feel like <clears throat> we really leaned on you for like everything that we were doing. Um, so I've been, I've been really grateful to have you in this position, like especially going through all of this stuff, having to like update our website and putting like all of our 
programming online and um, all of that stuff. Well, thank you. I know, um, and especially in the, like, the first month or so, um, I think, you know, now more people are getting outside and going and doing things. But in the first month, there was a lot of, um, seemed like a lot of people on our, on our, you know, visiting our website and coming to our social media and interacting and engaging. And, and so that felt, you know, especially in this, you know, time where we weren't sure what we were doing, that felt um, you know, like I had some, a good thing to do, you know, a good, yeah. thing, a good way to still be able to connect to our, um, patrons, at least the ones that are, you know, able to get online. Yeah. So like technology library and just like dive right into the deep end. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been doing? Like during, um, stay home and the, you know, whatever we're talking now, safe start. Um, you were saying you started doing like needlepoint, right? Is that right? Oh, I do. I do embroidery. Yeah. Embroidery. So I. What's yeah. The so I. I guess they're all kind of. I don't know. I mean, needlepoint. I picture. Well, I mean, it is needlepoint, I guess. But there's there's different types of needlepoint because there's cross stitch, which I've never gotten into. Uh, my mom used to do something called counted cross stitch, and she made all these, you know things, but I just do um, embroidery, you know, you used to be able to get those, um, the embroidery transfers, um, but, and you can still get those classic ones. I think Michael probably still has them, um, but there are different uh, artists now that make kind of updated, more fun, like less traditional things. Um, and I had started one, I can't remember who the company was, but it was, it was a uh, party animal. It was called party animal. Mm-hmm. It was like this squirrel with a, um, a birthday hat and maracas. And I had started that one maybe, I don't know, a couple years ago. And most of it was really fun to do. But then when I got to the lettering, it was just so tedious and boring. And so I stopped it. And instead of like putting that one aside and picking up some other embroidery project, I didn't let myself pick up any other embroidery project. I told myself I had to finish that particular one. And so I didn't come back to it until lockdown. And I finished it and then I've moved on and I've completed one one other one and I'm working on another one that does have some text in it, but it's pretty easy. Um, and yeah, so that's been a nice thing. And I, uh, can listen to podcasts when I, when I, you know, when I stitch and it's something that, yeah, it's a good methodical kind of just empty my brain, um, thing to do. Cool. And a little bit of gardening on my deck. Uh-huh. Um, hammocking yes i got finally got a stand for my hammock um hanging out with the cats you took some classes i did so it seems like the first part of lockdown i made more efforts to you know get out and do things i mean not Mm -hmm. getting out but doing online things and so um when we went into this i had um I had a Airbnb experience um, 
reserved for a trip that I was supposed to take to Iceland in April. And obviously that never happened, but I got messages from Airbnb first that, oh, we've canceled this for you and refunded it. And then um, they started sending me emails about online experiences. And so I took a few of those. Um, one was um, um, making, it was a sangria kind of party. Like it was a recipe that was shared. It was, um, it took place, it was actually hosted in Lisbon, Portugal. And so people joined from around the world. There were probably, you know, two dozen other um people connected or connections in there. I did another one with a lady in Seattle who was leading um, a Chinese dumpling recipe. So there were, that one was much smaller. Um, there were probably, I don't know, six or seven of us. Um, and she led us through the whole, you know, we made the dough, we made the filling, we cooked, and then she talked about um, her, um, her, her family's traditions. And um, so that was pretty interesting. And then I did one because I knew that my birthday was going to be under lockdown. And so I took one based in England with a bartender and a bunch of other people that were also celebrating birthdays around, mostly around the country, the United States. But it was about uh, gin, um, the history of gin, which is actually pretty interesting and kind of disgusting. Um, and then he showed us how to make three different cocktails. And they've all been great because especially those, they um, were really good about all of them were really good about making do with what you had in case mm -hmm. you weren't able to get out and go get groceries um, because of the different, you know, some of the people that were in the first class that I took were in Italy. So they were, you know, totally locked down at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, it, it was fun. It was nice to, you know, socialize with people outside of my household and um, have conversations. I haven't really done much of that in the last couple of months. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I think some, you know, it's been like the weather's been pretty nice. So I think sometimes yeah. you just are like, like I spend a lot of time out, just like outside, not even necessarily like doing anything. Although I do like, yeah. you know, putter around the yard. Mm -hmm. um, I've got like a, um, and pumpkins are starting to turn orange and uh, it's been a fun gardening year. Nice. But I also just got my, in the hammock stand. Mm -hmm. So I was telling my parents about it um, and I was like, you know, hammocks are so big this year. It seems like. Yeah. <laughs> no, and no, they're no. like, they're like, well, I don't know. I have not seen that. No, I was like, no, but really, like, like a couple doors down, I have, like, neighbor has a hammock. I've seen um, people, like, I know, you know, from college and grad school and stuff, they're posting pictures of, like, themselves in hammocks at their house this year. Um, there's someone who had a hammock, like, at the lake. Okay. Anyways, it just seems like a well, hammock here. My hammock thing came from Panama, because mm -hmm. right before the I think you we started were... it. We were in Panama and with Elizabeth, and of course Elizabeth, I mean, she's always been about hammocks because she had hammocks in Panama. They slept in hammocks in mm -hmm. Panama when she was a teenager. And so our plan was to go to Panama, hang out at the beach, and hang out in hammocks mm -hmm. basically for the whole 
two weeks that we were there. And so, and I was thinking I should have bought a hammock to bring home. And I was thinking, well, where would I put it? Um, and so then she gave me a hammock and then I was trying to figure out a way to put it on, you know, the house somehow. Um, and then I, there's hammock stands, mm-hmm. which are yeah. the best thing. And then I like people that I follow on Instagram are also like, oh, I got this hammock stand so I can my hammock up. So, it, yeah, it seems to be a thing. Yeah, my brother is a big hammock camper, and he has been for, for you know, a few years. But, you know, part of that, like, is you have to make sure that you go somewhere. And he kind of has a spot that he goes to all the time where mm-hmm. he has a spot to hang up his hammock that's, like, really good. Right. But it can be hard to find a place. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a problem where it's like, you know, you find a place to hang up your hammock and then it's really hard to get in it because it has to be kind of high. Mm-hmm. But the hammock stand really just solves all of those problems for you. Well, yeah. And especially I think a lot of people are, you know, trying to make their home in their yard more, um, you know, since you know, a lot really of people go aren't places. going out or going places. And I think, you know, it's opened up. Like, I think there's probably more people that are able to go camping now. But it's also nice just to be able to have, like, this nice little oasis on my mm-hmm. my little tiny, you know, patio. And I've got my plants and my hammock and a little table. And so, you know, I can still get out and get some sun. And um, so that's been nice. Yeah, and I said, like, when you lay back in your hammock and you look up, you could be anywhere. You could be anywhere. (laughs) Uh, Did I tell you? So this weekend I took my hammock stand up to the woods and um, slept in it. And I woke up at, like, 7, 7.30 because it was raining. It started raining, like, big, fat raindrops. Um, And I, like kind of pulled my blanket over my head because I was like, this is weird and it will just pass really quickly. And then mm-hmm. it started raining harder and harder. Tried to get up. It was weird. There's no rain in the forecast at all. And I don't think it rained down here. Have you been reading much? I have been reading an embarrassing uh, not as yeah. much. Um, I think that's pretty normal. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I got I have to give it another try, but, um, I think when part of it was, you know, when we all went into lockdown, I was spending so much time in front of my computer. Um, and then, you know, it just was hard to, hard to, I guess, get to a space where reading was something mm-hmm. that I could do. Like, you know, I'd read like a paragraph and then just, you know, go off on, on something else. Yeah, um, so, on that. yeah, so I haven't I haven't had that focus and for a while it was really bugging me because I love to read and I'm always reading and I you know, I went into this with books that I was reading. I finished one that I'd almost that was all you know, I was close to finishing anyway. But then I've had another that I've been reading. Actually I have I kind of let it go. Um but I had been reading that one. Yeah, just uh, just not having the focus to read and um, just feeling kind of uh, like I failed, <laughs> failed <laughs> lockdown because, you know, 
Well, it's like we went into lockdown and all these people were like, you know, they were reading and they were making sourdough and they were, mm-hmm. you know, doing all this crafty stuff. And um, I just, you know, really didn't do any of that. I was either working or I was just, you know, wanting to get away from a screen and just like and, and really not being able to to focus on things. Yeah. Um, so I've read, I did read a few, a couple comic books. Um, one of those was one that you made me read, which was the Wonder yeah. Twins. Wonder Twins. Yeah. Yeah. And that was fun because it was light and, you know, it didn't take a lot of, you know, mental, uh, capacity, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to read it. And then I started at, at some point, um, I guess in, in June. I started reading um, Stamped by Dr. Ibram X. Ken- Kendi? Kendry? Kendi? Kendi. You're reading yeah. the, the grown-up version, right? I Yeah, I'm reading the grown-up version. And the reason why I started reading that was I was following different bookstagrammers on, um, on Instagram. And one of those was the Melanated Reader, and she was getting ready to um, start a read-along with that book. And so I thought, well, maybe this is what I need. I need somebody to tell me what to do, (laughs) give me homework, and I'm going to read this book. And, um, I, I like totally blew all the, the deadlines. They finished the book back in. July, but I'm still plugging away. I do, I do read quite a bit of nonfiction, but history has never been my strong suit, um, even when I was in high school. And so, you know, this isn't a book that I probably would have naturally gravitated for. And I think if people are wanting to, you know, especially right now, because there's a lot more interest in, um, reading about, you know, uh, black history and racism and um, just our our history that, you know, I'd recommend that people read thing, you know, something that's more like what they what they're interested in, you know, reading, you're reading fiction, you know, find black authors. Um, but that said, um, I'm glad that I'm reading this. And it's very interesting to me. The way my brain, my brain doesn't work well with history, with, you know, remembering names, remembering dates. Um, and I think I was telling you yesterday, like, I was always a really good student in high school, but I do remember one semester getting a D in history just because my brain doesn't like it much. Um and and I, I I I like history as as a story. I just don't remember right. the details, like you know those those details. And so, um, but I am. I mean, I wouldn't say I'd be enjoying this book, but I am appreciating it very much because it's following along with the history that I did learn mm-hmm. in high school and as a kid. Um, but. It's filling it out because there's a large piece of that, you know, especially right now. I think I've gotten I've gotten just to um, before the civil the Civil War. Um, And so that's, you know, the first, you know, from 1619 to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and this actually, and his book goes up through, um, I think it came out in 2016 or 2017. So it goes through um, the Obama presidency, I believe. Mm-hmm. But just all these things in, um, it's just been, it's been very interesting. So even like, you know, you talk, you know, you know, we know about President Lincoln, you know, the 16th president and, you know, abolished slavery and all that. Um, but he still held very uh, racist ideas, but, but it's still, you know, responsible for, you know, a pretty major change in, in, in history. Anyway, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not good at talking about history, obviously, <laughs> but, um, but I do recommend it. And you read, the, I read the uh, Jason Reynolds. Jason Reynolds. Um, I like they call it an, uh, they called it some, like sometimes they call it a remix and sometimes mm-hmm. they call it an, a translation, which I mm-hmm. like, which is young person's translation of that book, mm-hmm. which is much, uh, shorter. Uh, I know Stamp from the beginning, the adult one is like, how long is it? 800 pages long? Probably. It's like, it's really, it's got I, some inches to it. Yeah, I'm what, 220 pages into it, and that's less than 40%. Yeah, yeah I was talking to a friend of mine who, so, uh, we were reading it for our book club that, you know, we've been trying to like keep our book club going through this mm-hmm. whole thing, but have been doing a bad job. So we haven't met yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and part of it is like, I picked that book in like May. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, and it was really popular. It was getting a lot of press on it. Oh, fans. right. Not in May. But then all of a sudden, it like, it was huge. And so like, yeah. you couldn't get it from the library. Right. Um, bookstores yeah. were selling out. Right. Um, but anyways, my friend got the adult audiobook instead of the, the Jason Reynolds mm-hmm. version. And I think she said it was like 40 hours long. It's like a really is, long. Yeah, it, it is. It is pretty long. Yeah. And the stamped remix version is like four and a half hours long. Okay. Yeah. And um, probably like synthesizes it down to. Yeah. And he cuts out, I think, like a lot of the like historical details to mm-hmm. kind of give like a, you know, pretty broad overview. And he focuses on, um, which I think is like Dr. Kendi's like just overall thesis that racism in America comes from policies and not from mm-hmm. like individual feelings. Right. Um, and so that's what he focuses on, but he does, he's such a, he's such a good reader. He's so like good at talking to young people in a way that's like, like on their level, but not condescending or like mm-hmm. anything at all. Um, and he does like a few things in the book where he's like, okay, like take a deep breath. You know, we're going to talk about this right. is going to be hard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's like really enjoyable to listen to. And mm-hmm. it did make me want to, to read the bigger one and get like more into, more into it. Cause it is like, yeah. you know, they tell you something and then he, he just kind of moves on because he's trying to like, you know, keep the kids right. interested. Yeah. 
even with with this one, I mean, I'm appreciating it for, you know, what I didn't learn before, but I'm also appreciating it, appreciating it as a refresher of, you know, mm-hmm. just history in, in general. And you know, there are a lot of things that I, I didn't know about. And what it does is I'll read about something and it'll, I'll be like, no way. And so then I have to like put the book down <laughs> and then go, you know, Google this thing and find out more about the person that he's talking about. So even with all that detail, I'm still having to, you know, go do some more research mm-hmm. and, and learn about you know, what was happening. So we're also talking about, because so the, you know, this period of time leading up to um, the Civil War, we're also got this, you know, the the suffrage movement, movement. Mm-hmm. the women are coming together and, and, and there are black women that are trying to be um, included in that and a part of that. And there are some that are, you know, no, you're, it's, this isn't the same thing. Um, and so it's, yeah, there was just a lot of things happening at that time. Anyway. Yeah. I have also been listening to, and I was telling you a little bit about this, a book called Invisible Women. I told you about that, right? I don't know. Um, let me pull it up on my Libby. It's called Invisible Women. It's by Caroline Criado Perez. It's about the gender data gap. Data bias in a world designed for men. And I started, I, I started listening to it because it was recommended by a YouTuber that I follow, um, Emily Fox. And she really recommended it. So I started listening to it like months ago and then I'd like listen to it for a while and then it would like return to the library and then I'd like put it back on hold again. Um, so I'm really going to finish it this time. I have like two and a half hours left of it, but it is, it's, it is, it's, I think if I was reading it as a book, I might like kind of glaze over a bit because it is like she's just talking about all these areas where they're, you know, do research to collect data about stuff and just like consistently exclude women. And so like the things that they do, like right now, the chapter I'm on, she's talking about medical research Mm -hmm. and how even medical research that they do sometimes specifically for like women's health has like barely any women in the study. Oh, and that they know that like um, a bunch of like, systems in the body are like different between like men and women but they don't like really account for that when they're doing research as far as like side effects or she's talking about um like heart disease Mm -hmm. you know like aspirin is like a pretty well-known like preventive drug Mm -hmm. for heart attack she's saying that's true mostly just in men oh interesting yeah, so it's all the stuff where she says it, and I'm like, whoa, like, I didn't know that. And it really gets mm-hmm. you, like, worked up. Yeah. She's talking about, you know, like, how, like, PPE and, like, you know, safety equipment isn't built for women, like, seat belts oh. and bulletproof vests and, you know, respirators and, like, all, you know, boots, right. all of this stuff. Um, and so she does, like, like, pretty wide range. She'll do, like, social programs and she'll do like technology especially like technology for the home which is mostly used by women people who are doing like market research often will ignore women in that even though they'd be the ones you know vacuuming or whatever 
most right. of the time and um medicine and like a whole bunch of different stuff it's really interesting and it's like makes me in conversations be like hey uh did you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it's pretty good but it is kind of just like one thing after another where it's just like studies this and studies that and percentages. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to remember, but like when I'm re- listening to it, it's like really fascinating. So today, though, what we're here to talk about is a book you judge by the cover. Right, Jennifer? Yes, that is right. And we decided we were going to focus on comic books mm-hmm. that we judge by the cover. Yeah. You were saying when we were talking about it that you judge most comic books by the cover. Well, I do. I feel like um, I judge most books by the cover, and I'll just be honest. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why they spend so much, you know, mm-hmm. time and effort on creating a, a good cover for a book. But, um, but especially, like, you know, comic books, especially if you go into a comic book store, there are so, I mean, there are so many covers. And so um, <laughs> it is, I, you know, usually I, it's, it's the cover. Um, I might, you know, flip through and see what the art looks like inside. But generally, I don't spend a lot of time reading about what it's about, which I do like for, you know, a regular, you know, non-graphic yeah. book, I'm going to probably, you know, read the, you know, jacket thing. the jacket and see what it's about, where I'm less likely to do that. Like one of the comic book stores that I like to go to in um, Portland will have a rack of, of like first like volumes, like first collected volumes of, you know, discover something new and they usually have it like it's a sale kind of sale price. And so I'll, I'll catch a lot of things there. It's like, okay, you know, this is the first I can, you know, read the first, first issues of it. And that's usually like, I don't, I don't spend, I don't spend a lot of time. And what's interesting though, and I just kind of discovered this or just thought about it is that a lot of the comic books that I read are science fiction, which is not a genre that I really have read much in other books. I mean, there's some exceptions, um, you know, Handmaid's Tale, like that kind of science fiction, um, you know, maybe more dystopian type things, or, you know, I did the Douglas Adams, um, you know, so that's more of a humor in science fiction, but never really into like, you know, um, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that I haven't read that now I'm thinking I should try reading just because it's such a, like, that's, it's a major, major, um, thing that I read in comics. Yeah. And I don't really read, and I don't read a lot, like, it's not the superhero comics, it's more, you know, space and, Mm. and other, other other worlds and I think like in my early attempts at reading science fiction um, or even some of the the fantasy the things that would always get 
like stuck in like that would stick my brain would be like names and the names that you can't pronounce yeah that I can't pronounce and yeah and I know and I know that like because I I do a lot of reading and that like I read a lot of words and and I and I mispronounce them you know when I finally say them Mm -hmm. in, in real life it's like oh I've been mispronouncing that in my head but there are are things in science fiction that I can't even pronounce in my head yeah. that bothers me. Yeah, I was um, thinking the other day, what's a word that I I always trip over to pronounce because I like encountered it more like reading than speaking is um, carotid, like carotid. the artery. Yeah. Oh. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That I I took anatomy and physiology, so <laughs> I think you're you're right there. Carotid. <laughs> but I always have to like really think about that. Yeah, yeah. Did you read? Um, there's like a newer G Willow Wilson uh, series. Uh, is that the one that just got the Eisner, the Invisible Kingdom? Yeah. Have you read any of those? Yeah. I actually just downloaded the first volume on Hoopla and mm-hmm. am starting. No, I did. I finished the first volume. They have the first two volumes available on hoopla i believe um and so i just finished the first one so it's just like it's setting the story mm-hmm. up um and uh the art's really uh the art's really good there's some stuff that's uh, like you know some of the art it's kind of confusing to tell what what's what's happening but um so far the story is good they've got it you know they've got it set up yeah, I need to read the second volume. It's been a while since I read the first one. Like, yeah. you know, four months, which is yeah. in 2020 time. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's one where I think like, the cover of that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the colors of the, like, the coloring inside is just, like, really eye-catching. Yeah. Yeah. And there that's there's another one um, that... It, that kind of reminds me of all the there's a uh, uh, the bright the colors kind of the role like the jewel colors and it's mm-hmm. sort of like splashy and um, and there was one I, and I don't know I did actually I wrote it down as a possible one it was actually going to be like one of my my backups but as Odyssey and it's O D Y dash C and it's uh, Matt Fraction. Uh-huh. Um, comic book and that was one that I did grab for its its cover and again it has that really really elaborate like jewel tone um, you know it's very like painty kind of mm-hmm. art and it's actually a retelling of Homer's Odyssey okay and and uh, gender bent so it's all um the women are the are the are the the main characters and the it's actually a very uh, matriarchal society. Uh, the women are the ones in power, and that's one of those. And they've got these like these ships that are, if I remember, they're they're kind of like these organically. So like the 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 pilots, which are all you know uh, female, they're 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 all. Um, I don't know, attached into like, there's like these things. So they fly the ships basically with their, with their, with their brains. And um, Uh. it's interesting. I have a hard time. um, Is it like spaceships or it's spaceship? Yeah. So it's Odyssey in space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And I have, I need to read more of it. I think I probably need to go back and read it. I had a hard time like tracking what was going on. And then again, that was some of those, the language, because they all spoke in, it was just some of the, like the vocabulary and the language that they used. It was, it was, it was a little, little harder for me to get into. So it was, it's, it was, it was way out there <laughs> um, compared to other like Matt Fraction yeah, that I read, which hasn't been a lot, but but that was <laughs> definitely a a stretch. I've only read Hawkeye, his Hawkeye comics. Oh, okay, My Life is a Weapon. Did you read those? Oh. No, I loved those. Yeah, are they good? Mm-hmm. They're very like, cause you know, like Hawkeye's in the Avengers, but he's just like a regular person. He doesn't have powers or anything, and so it really like plays with that idea. He's like always being injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he like loses his hearing and that's like a big part of his story. He's got a dog. Um, and he works with Kate Bishop, the other Hawkeye. Oh. You should read them. I think we have them okay. in the team. I think section. we do. I think, I do think I remember, you know, grabbing them at one point. And I don't remember who does the art, but I really like it. It's very like simple and stylized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you bring to talk about? Um, let's see. I so Paper Girls was one. And mm, that's talked, another one of great color. Yeah, and I think we might have talked about that one before at some point. I mean, with you because I don't think I don't think you. I think I liked it more than you. Yeah. Did, or... Um, what's the deal with Paper Girls? So I ended up reading like the end part of the series last year, but I think I missed like a kind of a chunk in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think if I went back and read it from the beginning, I'd end up liking it more than I did like initially. And that was one of those, because I think I had just, I, that one was popping up on Hoopla a lot. So I read it, I read that one all on, on Hoopla and I, it was just one that I got, you know, because I liked the cover, and but I had no idea what it was going to be about. You know, it was just like four girls, on the, mm-hmm. I think, on their bicycles. Um, and so they're four, and it's set in the 80s, and they're um, uh, newspaper, you know, they're delivering newspapers, as you did back in, you know, the 80s, I guess. And... Um, I used to be one of those before school or after school jobs and and I just thought it was going to be you know I did not it's it's more um you know it turns into this again science fiction story it's kind of um stranger things you Mm -hmm. know there's I mean there's some some stuff there except it's um yeah I think it's a really good recommendation if you like stranger things to do but it is more like paper girls deals more with like uh time shift time travel yeah like yeah multi multiverse type of Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you're seeing those characters you know in different at different points because they're traveling through time and then things are getting you know as happens when you travel through time and and problems start happening when you mess with the timeline and, 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 you know, and they're meeting themselves as, as adults and, you know, there's different, you know, different things have happened depending on which timeline it is. And yeah. And it's hard to know, like, you know, who's the good 
who's the bad because they all think they're, you know, fighting the righteous cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was one that I like. I totally, I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't read anything about it. I just based on the cover. Um, and I think I read somewhere that they're making either a movie or a series. How yeah, like a Hulu series? I feel like Hulu is is the one who's like picking stuff up the most right now. But yeah, I might be wrong. Let me let me Google that. Paper okay. Girls TV show. Oh no, it's Amazon. Uh oh. Uh oh. Guess I'll never watch it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it's on DVD and they have it at the library, I'll right. watch it. Okay. Okay. So that's Brian K. Vaughn and. Yes. And. Yes. He's one of those people who is so prolific that, like, on my Goodreads thing, it's like, your favorite author is Brian K. Vaughn. And I'm like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. I just read, like, you know, the Runaways yeah. comics. And <laughs> oh. Did I read? I don't think I read the Runaway. I read Saga. Mm-hmm. His, which I, I love Saga. Yeah, and he's written a bunch of, like, superhero comics and stuff, too. Yeah. Rainbow Rowell is writing Runaways now, and I keep waiting for the newest or one of the an issue to come in um, to the library so I can finish that. What do they call it when it's like a the arc, the story? Yeah, arc. the arc. Think. Yes. I have the rest in like a stack. Yeah, I really like like that series a lot. That's though. I might have read it based on the cover, but I read it because of the author. Oh, okay. And the art is really good in the new Runaways. I like it a lot better than the old Runaways. Yeah. Art wise. Yeah. So one of the ones that I brought is can you see it? Snapdragon. Snapdragon. I like um, the cover. I know. Are, what what's on Girl so, Girl on Bicycle? Is that is is it uh pigtails? Yeah, so she's got okay. pigtails, she's got a bike, um, she's got like a milk crate on the back of her bike with her three-legged dog in it mm-hmm. his name okay. is good boy and it's got like a what's this color called chartreuse yeah it's really bright yeah um kind of background and the title is in pink snapdragon yeah, yeah i like those colors yeah so it's really like cool and eye-catching cover mm-hmm. the girl main character her name is snapdragon and it's by Kat Lee, and she's written for Lumberjanes a bunch. Okay. Um, so it kind of got like a Lumberjanes look to it. Right? Yeah. And this is a kids, a kids graphic novel published by First Second, um, that came out earlier this year, and it's so fun. It's full color, which I like, and um, it's not quite as bright on the inside. Well, there is still like a lot of that that chartreuse and stuff in the background. But um, Snapdragon is, I want to say she's like 12 or something like that. And she, um, in the beginning, her dog has gone missing. And so she goes out to, like, the house of the local witch, which is people, like, you know, gossip about her. And she lives in the woods um, to see if her dog ended up there. And she finds him there, and he had lost his leg. And she's like, the witch took it. But then she really quickly learns that, like, she had, he got hit by a car or something, and she saved him. And um, ends up becoming friends with this lady whose name is Jax. And, like, learning about, like, this stuff that she does, which is 
pretty interesting. So after after Snapdragon like gets her dog and goes home, like the next day she finds this um, litter of possums. Um, okay. There's like their mother has died, and so she takes the possum babies out to the to Jax's house to ask her to help her like nurse them or whatever. And so she's like, I'll help you if you help me with the stuff that I do. And she um, she makes and sells like skeletons. So she'll like get roadkill and then she bury oh. the roadkill and wait for it to decompose and yeah, then dig it then back up. Yeah, the skeletons and then like sell them like on Etsy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so she and Jax like become friends. They start to have this friendship and then Snapdragon like learns that, that Jax had like this history with her family that she didn't know about and that she actually is a witch and there is magic involved and um, she's also got a friend from school and, you know, other stuff going on. But it's like, I, it's a really, really fun uh, comic. And I think, like, really fun for kids and teenagers. But I also just liked it as an adult reader, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like, you know, possums and magic. And <laughs> right. <laughs> kids. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a cool cover. Yeah. So that's one of the ones that I brought. You have another one? Um, Water Snakes, which I thought oh. I was lay hands on because I recently read it and but I don't I don't know where it is right now. It's not on the shelf. Um oh, and that one won Oh, it might well, it says it's checked in, but I don't know. Anyway. It um so that's one that I finally I've been seeing the cover of that one since before it came out, and it's by Tony Sandoval, who's a, a Mexican artist. I think he's based in Paris right now, and the cover has it's um, it's like a bunch of women, girls, like warriors. Um, you know, it's got kind of like this, like, I think they're fairies or, you know, and all very like delicately and kind of like, uh, murky muted colors. So a lot of, you know, and so I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but the story is, um, just about, uh, I think they're probably, I think probably both the characters are both like, early teens so it's kind of that again coming of age sort of period of time and Myla I think is how you pronounce her name um is out you know swimming in her in her neighborhood and she meets this mysterious girl who um named Agnes who tells kind of you know she's sort of unlike anything that Myla's ever you know met and and you know, very special and very mysterious and, you know, has kind of an odd sense of humor. And um, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of, you know, like I'd have these friendships when I was when I was a kid. And, you know, sometimes some of the friendships that you have when you're a kid are not you're not on the same playing field. You know, so I'd have, like, these friends that are kind of like, you know, are they messing with me or, Mm. you know, um, they're just, you know, 
it just it kind it kind of reminded me of that. But then it goes into like this whole like some of the stuff is this real? Is it you know like is this the the and and it turns into like you know there's definitely some fantasy or paranormal things and like don't know that I can say too much about it because it's kind of like oh well this is what happens in the end and but I still there's still parts of it that I don't understand the art's really neat it's kind of you know I don't want to say gothy but you know it's very like his line line work is very delicate and um, they're all sort of, you know, even when he's just, you know, drawing normal humans, they're all kind of like, you know, got these elfin features. And um, so it's just kind of a like a dark fairy tale, I guess. Um, did you read that one? Was that one that you brought? Yeah, I, I did read it. Um, and I think that one ended up, I think I think I ended up finally reading it because I believe it got an eyes near and it's really another thing about that book is that it's really big, like yeah, not long, but it's like, you know, yeah. these hand motions that we're making aren't going to be helpful. I know it's a it's a big it's, it's a big it's a big it's like, like art book, book size. size. Yeah. yeah, art book size. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so that really draws attention to the artwork yeah. too. I think. Yeah. And like and the cover, time. like kind of frames the the girls. Yeah. In the way that's like pretty cool. Yeah. And I also, every time that I saw it, because I never really read too much about it, just, you know, I saw this cover and I thought that it was a kid's, you know, mm -hmm. thing. And it's, it's not. Not. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I read that last year. So it's been a while. And it was kind of like, oh, they're teenagers, but this book isn't really for teenagers. Not really, no. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, yeah and they're still pretty, and I guess, surreal. And there are things that it doesn't, yeah. things that don't ever really get explained. So there's some things that are just um, surreal and kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But really pretty and, you know, interesting and like a dark fairy tale is a good way to describe it and like the yeah. like the colors or the it's colored in a way that's like kind of washes right yeah 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 and i have there's a few others that are that are um that that use that kind of you know the muted um uh, Harrow County is another one that I read that's a horror comic, mm. um, which, and that one, it's just like these really muddy watercolors, um, and it's set in this, you know, like a, I picture it being somewhere in the South and, you know, maybe in the 1930s, but, uh, and it's, it's like ghost kind of a ghost story or not even that like a paranormal you know there's definitely something going on that's being you know strung out as um as the as the story goes but and those are some creepy covers that sounds like something i might be into i like i like horror comics well like i really like lock and key yeah yeah um i guess i haven't read very many other horror comics if you read like Junji Ito. Oh, you know, and the only thing that I've read of his is his non-horror. He wrote... Oh, his cat book? Cat, his cat diary, 
Which yeah. is so funny because, you know, he does throw <laughs> some of his horror uh-huh. in there. You know, like when his wife gets mad at him or, you know, the cat is doing something evil. It Like he, because he, Severin reads, my son reads mm-hmm. um, uh, the horror. And he's actually the one that got me the cat. It's like a cat diary or yeah. stories of his cat. So it's not, you know, it's definitely not his horror you know, usual horror stories, but he's he does throw some of the art, the horror, the very horror, uh, horrific art in there, just in some of the expressions, you know, like just to show this momentary madness, you know, in his cat or his wife or himself. Or, yeah. yeah. I read a collection of his last year, and it was like, like you know horror stories and like often about like the same character being creepy and weird in different comics and then at the end there were like three like really nice little cat stories (laughs) this is really different (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, and i've I've, because i've started like after i found harrow county i started looking for more comic horror and and it's 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 out there yeah, and I liked Lock and Key. Um, Gideon Falls is one that I found on Hoopla that I think they're also making a, sure. um, a show on. And it's about this ominous black barn that kind of shows up in different time periods and different places and does, you know, like this just pretty horrific. Yeah. Um, going on. Did you watch Lock and Key, the show? I did watch Lock and Key, the show. What did, I, I didn't uh, watch it. I've heard, like, not great things about it. What did you think? It, it was okay, but I think that one, you know, especially what some of those keys would do, I think I could imagine better than they could ever mm-hmm. film. Um, and Yeah, and that would be hard. And then also what they did with... Um, What's his name? Her name. The, you know, uh, who's the character? The, the character, daughter? The one? No, in the well. Oh, That's I don't well. know. But yeah. Because at some point, you know, they get out, of, get out of the well and they're, um, they're mingling, you know, as, as a, as a teen boy, right? Within, mm-hmm. within the crowd. Um, but in the, in the show, that character is seen more as, you know, kind of this vixen who's, mm. you know, definitely messing with all of them. But, um, I don't know. There's just, they played with a little, a little bit. I don't know. I think, I think it would, would have been hard to film it, you know, totally true to the story. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, you know, something that I don't, you know, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. It just wasn't, doesn't live up to what Lock and Key yeah. is in my, my mind. Yeah, like you know, the key I think that unlocks, like, your head so you can, like, take stuff out of it or put stuff in it. Is that in there? How would they do that? It is in there, but they, they limited it. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't, uh, you know, there was only so many, you know, things that they could yeah. Obviously, that would be a whole set that they would have to. Mm-hmm. So I, I was actually surprised because I wanted to, you know, see what they were going to do. And 
um, Umbrella Academy, I actually like better than the comic, but I think I need to read more of the comic now, but I think they've been doing a really good job with, with that one, um, on Netflix. They just released the second season. So we've been enjoying that. And I was talking with Jacob about it too, and he just started, started it. So we'll give it a thumbs up, two thumbs up. Um, yeah, I haven't watched, I haven't watched that. I haven't really watched um, very much, like, any kind of serious shows. I guess I watched The People versus O.J. Simpson this summer. Oh, That was, like, yeah. a serious show. Yeah. That was yeah. good. I mean, I know I missed the boat. Everyone else watched this miniseries, like, when it came out, like, oh. ten years ago. <laughs> oh. I don't think it was that yeah, long ago. I, but I, yeah. I, yeah. It was maybe, like, four years, five years? I don't know. But yeah, I mostly just been watching like sitcoms and stuff. Yeah. What was that show? Did you ever watch that show? And it was an FX show, and it was like I think it was it was based off a comic book, and Dan Stevens was in it, and he had like and um. To look it up. I don't know. Yeah, you do. You'd know it. Let I mean, me. Wow. Every time I move in here, the lights come on. Yeah, that room's weird. I think there might be a second season of that show that I never watched. He was on this show. Okay. I don't and know. He played Legion. There it is. Oh, yeah, no, I never saw that. Um I watched the first season. I think there's two seasons. And it's really weird. Aubrey Plaza's in it. Um but it's like horry horry. <laughs> I I remember seeing I think I think I I remember seeing um probably previews and things for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking like I guess I haven't seen Lock and Key, but I was like oh the people who made this show Legion would probably be good at making that show. But maybe I don't know. You know what do I know? I don't know. So Noah Hawley is like the writer creator of legion and he did fargo does fargo the show i love the fargo show i wish they would put out another season Uh, is it over i don't i don't think it's over i think they're working on another one but i've watched it on hulu so i'm waiting for another season to come out but i thought they were working on another one yeah so on imdb it says 2014 to and then it's just empty so um so it looks like there's another one coming out. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. I've started to see commercials and stuff for shows that are coming out this fall, like especially for HBO, to see what they're doing with not being able to like film together and stuff like that. Oh, right. Yeah. So like I saw an ad, What's-His-Face from Schitt's Creek. Dan Levy is doing a new show. And like in the previews, it's like, they're all like acting together, but it's done in like interview style or something. So each person is like on their own talking about something and they put it together as a show. Bette Midler's in it. Anyways, it looks like pretty cool. Um, so I think it's uh, people are being creative and making new stuff. Um, but I did have one more comic to talk about that I was okay. um, And it's another kids comic that um, I didn't expect to like because of the cover. And I thought I had a copy at home, but I don't. But the book is called Cub, and it's by Cynthia L. Copeland. Have you seen that cover? It doesn't sound familiar to me. Um, So it's like 
blue background and it's like newsprinty and then on the front is like this girl and she's blonde and she's got like a notepad and she's wearing like a orange paisley dress and it's very like young in style and I thought like you know that I wouldn't really like it that much based off the cover but I ended up liking it a lot oh and it's kind of based on the author's like youth in the 70s and the main character um whose name is cindy of course is 12 and she's like in middle school and she wants to be a journalist and her teacher kind of um makes a connection with her and like the only woman reporter working at their local newspaper and she ends up getting like a cub reportership like a little internship um with that uh journalist and she gets to like go places with her and like learn about journalism and like write a couple of of articles for their paper and stuff and who's the author on that one cynthia copeland and i don't know if she's done any other comics before and I don't know if this is, so the character has the same name as the author, but I don't think it's, like, really considered, like, a memoir. I think it's just more, like, based off of her life. Okay. Anyways, did you ever read any of the Sunny books that are, like, Sunny Rolls the Dice, Sunny Does This or That? Uh, yes. I think I read the first one. Yeah, the first one's pretty good. That's Jennifer Holm and Matthew Holm. And it's based off of, you know, their youth in the yeah. 70s. And I really like the first one. And But it seemed like the more that they keep writing, it feels more like a a book for a, adults. That's like, remember when we were kids in the 70s? Right. Um, and so I was kind of worried that this book would be like that. But it, it's pretty, it ended up being, like, pretty, like, smart and interesting. She talks a lot about just, like, being a girl Growing up in the 70s, there seemed to be, like, a lot of mixed messages about, like, you can, you know, be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. Um, right. But then also still, like, there was still a lot of, like, gender oh, yeah. norms and stuff that, you know, they were expected to do as girls and stuff that they were expected to want out of their lives. That was sometimes incompatible with the other messaging that they were getting about, like, being independent and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's in there. It She has, like, this little romance um, with, like, a neighbor boy, and it ends up, like, it's, like, a very, like, side story, because, like, most of the book is about her, like, learning about journalism and, like, getting really interested in that. And then when they, like, break up or whatever, I really like how it handles that because she's, like, you know, she's 12, so she just, like, you know, moves on with her life. Like, I guess me and this boy don't like each other anymore. We don't meet up after school at the treehouse anymore or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, moves on with her life, you know. It doesn't, like, dominate the story or her own story that she tells herself about, mm-hmm. you know, anything. And she um, has, like, this little group of friends. And so she's got, like, some of, like, the middle school drama that you that's, you know, normal. And that is, mm-hmm. like, in a lot of those middle school comics. But I really like how this book really focuses on, like, her ambition and stuff, too. It was really good. And I was, like, you know, based on the cover, I thought it was going to be really just kind of light and it does a lot of a lot of cool stuff, and I'd really recommend it to to kids, um, especially. I have a, a friend who like told me recently that her um, daughter, who's going to be in middle school next year, was really interested in journalism, and I was like, she should read this book. Yeah. Um. So those are the books that I judged by the cover. 
Okay. <laughs> I brought my Linda Berry book because I thought you were going to talk did. about it. You did? Yeah. Oh, no. I just, I mean, I don't judge those by the cover. I just, you know, I love You're like, Linda looks Berry, like a so. Linda Berry book. I so know. I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the one. Actually, that was one that I picked up because I thought, okay, well, you know, during lockdown, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all the Linda Berry, you know, because she's got the syllabus, and then the last, mm-hmm. the newest one, and I think you got that one, um, the how, like the comics. Yeah, that's uh, what I have here. One, is making comics. Yeah, 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 making comics. Yeah, um, and it is like a syllabus. It's a class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of hers are like that because she's got someone writing and someone drawing, um, you know, and I like her because she follows that. And I think a lot of writers and authors, you know, follow the same thing. It's like even if you don't have, you know, you don't know what you want to write or you don't know what you want to draw, you know, just keep the pencil moving, you know, just doodle or, you know, so – She's kind of got, uh, I, I like her, her style and, um, and yeah. And this one is my favorite in particular is cool because it's like a, what do you call this kind of notebook? Yeah. It's a composition, composition Composition. book because what, cause she, as, as you know, if you, you follow that cause you're, you're supposed to get your own composition Mm -hmm. book and she's, you know, got, she's got all the tools that you need to get and. This is, these are the exercises you're going to do. Um, and then she refers to this other book that we have. Now I can't remember. We've got, we've got some of his books in the kids collection, but yeah, he, yeah, he, and he has like this kind of very simple, but very expressive way of drawing um, characters. So they're not quite stick figures. They're a little bit more filled out than that, but they're still pretty easy. And they're, you know, so he, um, you know, it's a good starting point if you're wanting to draw characters for, for comics. And so she refers back to his book. So I have a copy of that book that Severin had from, um, I think from Evergreen was required reading. And so between those two books, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn. <laughs> yeah. I like how she like, um, really encourages people to like draw and stuff, even if you think mm-hmm. like that you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find the name of that uh, guy, Ivan Brunetti. Yes, Brunetti. So Brunetti is, um, and his book is is interesting too, or a good, you know, a good starting point. You know, even just even if you're not interested in drawing comics. Um, mm-hmm. But he he teaches classes also, and so it, it's set up in that way. And um, he talks about you know materials and inks that you know that he recommends or paper that he recommends, and and you know very very accessible. But I believe we have a couple Brunetti comic books in our kids collection. I was going to say like the paper in this book is so thin. Um. You know, because it's a composition book. Yeah. It's kind of difficult. But it is pretty but, cool. I like it a lot. And she does recommend, because in, in that book, she recommends particular composition books, like not the, because you want something that can hold up to, you know, because she has you use felt pens and ballpoint pens. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of the, um, like the recycled pages 
you know, composition books will bleed more than, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the regular ones. So that's probably just like, you know, what they've printed on. I don't know. But the, um, the, the, the third one that I had brought was actually Bitterroot and that's another hoopla one. And so it was another hoopla, um, presenting me with this, with this cover and it kept popping up and it looked interesting. Um, so Bitterroot is, uh, David, uh, F Walker, I think. Um, and it's an image comics and I believe he's based in Portland and then Sanford Green and Chuck Brown and David Walker and Sanford Green have both worked together on different Marvel comics. Um, and, um, so it's, uh, all three, all three creators are black. You look at the cover and it's kind of this motley crew of, um, you know, I, I, since I was like looking for, you know, like why, what, what was it about this cover? Um, because it just sort of looked like this, you know, it's an intergenerational, um, and I couldn't tell, is it a family portrait? I couldn't tell, you know, they're in a, a shop or, a, you know, is it a barber shop or, or what? And it turns out it is like, basically, is it a, it's a family, this, the sang, Sangaris, Sangaris, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but they're a monster hunting family. So it's like, okay, it's another, it's a monster, monster hunting book. And I'm thinking supernatural, but it's actually set in the 1920s during the Harlem Renaissance. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And so what, they've done is like these monsters are basically manifestations of of social issues that were happening at the time and you could say you're you know kind of happening now but you know it's hate and and racism and that the sangaries were monster hunters and they weren't killing the monsters but they were curing that cure curing them um, and bitter root um, comes from they they uh, ran a, also an apothecary, and so it was uh, kind of herbalism. Um, and uh, you know they had they knew the roots and which roots would cure. Um, and they're uh, you know so you'd have like the the men were all about hunting, and the women were supposed to be learning the herbalism part. And they, uh, you know, one of the young women who's supposed to be learning the route, she really wants to get out there and fight. And so there's, you know, some, you know, gender stuff going on about gender roles. And uh, there's also, there's like these new monsters that are appearing. And those monsters are being born out of pain and fear and they're done with curing these other monsters. They want to, like, destroy them all and probably destroy everybody else, too, and just, like, you know, take over the world and, and be. But anyway, it was an interesting, because um, most of the characters are black. Um, and, again, it's taking place, you know, during, in the 1920s, which was a surprise to me. I, you know, I just, judging from the cover, I just thought it was, you know, something something new. And uh, what also surprised me is that at the end of the volume, there are several essays, like scholarly essays about 
the Harlem Renaissance, about um, herbalism, you know, in like African American culture, like because, you know, some of this was something that was brought over um, from Africa and was used, you know, during, um, you know, slavery, um, but it's kind of fallen by the wayside as something not as, you know, like respected, like it's, you know, and so, and anyway, but so there's, you know, usually reading a comic book, there's not a lot of like um, education in the back, but it was really, you know, and, and all short, really well written. Um, and, uh, you know, some by, some by um, researchers, uh, uh, like uh, history, uh, literature, um, artists that were all, you know, presenting different aspects to this. And um, it ends at what I think is a good, like the arc ends at uh, a good, like, cliffhanger. So I'm hoping that it's continuing on because, of course, I just read volume one mm -hmm. and that's all that they have on Hoopla. Um, but I'm interested to see what comes next because there's also these gateways in the I don't know if it's hell or something but you know usually like when people like so there are bad things like demons that are coming out of that that are being summoned by the you know the new the new more powerful like non-curable monsters and occasionally somebody will go like get pulled into that and it's like oh they're dead they're never coming out but at the end like well maybe that's not so true and that some other things are going on so it sounds like there's going to be more of those i'm hoping there are more but it was kind of interesting the way that they're taking they're taking you know this particular period in history and then kind of making a supernatural twist to it and yeah that sounds really cool yeah yeah so it, it is it's and it's um yeah it's very good i liked it i wrote it down and it's bitter Root. root two yeah. words yeah bitter root and just singular root because there's all sorts of books that come up under bitter mm -hmm. roots but bitter root and it is available through hoopla very cool yeah um yeah well i got some stuff i need to read now bitter roots hero yeah. county mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right um, let's see. Anything else that we need to to talk about? drive throughs going. Yeah, so the drive throughs going really well. We're going to start doing um, sampler sampler yeah. bag any day now. So probably we'll have started when this, when this episode is up. Mm -hmm. um, and that's on our website. You can fill out a, a real quick form to say what kind of stuff you might be interested in getting from the library, especially if you're the kind of person who just go and like kind of look around and pick things that way, um, whether it's movies or audiobooks or books or what have you. And we will prepare a little sampler bag for you that you can pick up through our drive through service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we can probably post the link with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll do, do that. Link. Sure. Yep. So you could say, I need 15 rom-coms. And I'll say, okay. Or 10 picture books. Yeah. About or... dragons. I don't think we have 10 picture books about oh, dragons. Dinosaur, dinosaurs. Okay. Dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, that would be hard. We could do like 10 picture books about bears 
or dogs are like. But there are five. some in like the folk and fairy tales. You might. Be yeah, yeah. It's in there. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the best that we can. You uh-huh. can give us your wish list, and we will do the best mm-hmm. we can. We might have ten dragon picture books. The unicorns um, is always hard. Um, it's hard to keep those on in the library. And comic books. We've got lots and lots of graphic so novels. Many. We have kids' graphic novels mm-hmm. and comic books. We have an adult collection. We have a YA collection. Yeah. A sample of comic books. Yeah. Those are pretty good collections, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Jennifer, for coming on. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Your Shelf or Mine. I'm Becky. And I'm Jennifer. Bye. Bye. Studio time for Your Shelf or Mine is donated by KLOG, Cooking Country, and 1015 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McEldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McEldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry. Mm, mm, uh, uh, um. Do, do, do.